oh my God, it's a green room, but it's just us. <laughs> What's going on? This sounds like a special edition of Disrupt TV. In fact, it is. So L, you've been hard at work. We've been finding out the top 15 books of 2023 uh, that were on Disrupt TV with the authors and them involved. So you did a lot of the background work. How did it go, L? I think it went pretty, pretty well, but you know, it was hard to narrow it down from 70 or so authors. So left that hard part up to you too. <laughs> yeah, I think following. Yeah, it was, Elle is being very kind. Uh, <laughs> we had a lot of spirited debates, uh, <laughs> but Boy. maybe we leave that, maybe we leave that uh, not on the live show. But the good news is we had a lot of debates. Uh, uh, the bad news is, um, we could only choose 10. How do we end up with 15? <laughs> and you'll find out soon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, hey, we're going to, unusual. But but as, as I'll mention, 70, 70 or so authors on our show just in the last 12 months. By the way, this is 2023. So if you happen to be on the show December of 2022 and you were an author, sorry. Kind of, sorry. sorry but we'll, do, we'll do this again. Maybe we'll have an all time all-time list at some point and talk about the debates we'll have then but uh this was just confined to authors that came on our show in the last 12 months i just want to be yeah. very clear about that <laughs> well welcome to the special edition and we are going to go live soon all right l let's do the countdown all right three two one <laughs> Welcome to a special edition of Disrupt TV. My name is Vala Afshar. I'm the Chief Digital Evangelist at Salesforce and your co-host for the next hour. We welcome you to follow us on Disrupt TV show, especially for this special edition, because we're going to announce our top 15 books of 2023. It's my pleasure to introduce my co-host, Ray Wong. He's the CEO and founder of Constellation Research. He's the best-selling author of Everybody Wants to Rule the World. By the way, we couldn't include his book or mine. <laughs> for obvious reasons. And, uh, he's a regular television business technology contributor on Fox Business, Yahoo Finance, Bloomberg, CNBC, CNN, and one of the top futurists to follow on Twitter at RWANG0. Welcome, Ray Wong, to this special edition of Disrupt TV. And it is a special edition. And here with my co-host, as you know, the chief digital evangelist of Salesforce, follows the author of a very important book that we will not be talking about today called Boundless, <laughs> along with our friend Henry King. But more importantly, he's everywhere. And of course, um, if you've seen him, executives around the world are paying attention, not only his tweets, but his insightful comments, his keynotes, and more importantly, his appearances on business TV outlets like Bloomberg, and of course, his ZDNet column. Uh, but more importantly, it's not about us this time. It's about the amazing authors and their books that showed up in 2023. And we've got some interesting stats, Vala. What have we done this year? Ray, as you know, we're approaching 1,200 interviews on Disrupt TV, getting close to 400 episodes since we launched this podcast seven plus years ago. But just last year, just in 2023, we had over 70 authors representing their books, many bestsellers, many wonderful books, all wonderful books on Disrupt. So from January 1 of 2023 until our last show last week, about 12, 11 and a half month period, we had 70 some odd authors that yeah. come on our show. And Ray and I started with 
trying to come up with a top 10 list. It was a tough challenge. We couldn't. We couldn't. <laughs> we, couldn't. we got into argument. We, we, we got into arguments. Uh, thankfully, they were all remote debates, so nobody could throw anything no or fist. arm wrestle. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, and and so ultimately, it's less than twenty percent of. Uh, so it's one in five books, roughly, uh, of folks that have been on the show. It's a reminder to Ray and I how wonderful it is to have the opportunity to speak to incredible writers, incredible thinkers, business. These are so many categories we covered in, in terms of the 70 authors, especially the 15 authors we're going to, uh, uh, to reveal, or 15 books, I apologize, 15 books, 20 some odd authors, from geopolitical economic categories to healthcare and tech to leadership, business, um, innovation, you know, if you actually look at all the authors that have been in the history of the show, we could have many, many segments. But the combination of the book, their appearance on the show, each of them had a TED Talk opportunity, 20 minutes to really speak to us about the books, their books. We compiled this list. Now, and it's Ray myself. And the audience's input. So. And the audience's input. So we actually have avid readers uh, who watch our podcast. These readers share commentary about the books on multiple social networks. So we could easily look at X or LinkedIn and see uh, uh, the, 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 the reaction to the books and the authors. Our producer, obviously, Elle, helped us with the tiebreakers <laughs> and, uh, and certainly her input. So multiple inputs. And, you know, having said all that, I could certainly be on the side of the argument that we should have just showed all 70 books. <laughs> but we only have a few minutes to talk. And ultimately, you know, we want to encourage authors to come to our show next year. Um, and um, we love learning from you. you. You help us reach an audience that's measured in hundreds of thousands of views. So we appreciate it's, it's the authors that make Disrupt TV what it is today. Ray, your thoughts, your comments before we go through the list. Yeah, I, I agree with Bala here. It was very hard making a decision as to which books kind of resonated. But coming out of a pandemic, uh, looking for more hope, uh, looking for an opportunity to get more insights and better yourself, that seemed to be some of the big trends for us this year. A lot of it was, well, there was coaching or leadership. A lot of it was trying to figure out how to get to the next best idea. Some of it was really about what innovations were happening in tech other than Gen AI. <laughs> you know, There were things about what was happening in the world around us. And I think it speaks to the reach of our audience. It speaks to the individuals that want to be on the show that when asked, uh, share their insights. But more importantly, I think in each interview, we got to a level of intimacy with the authors. That was really about why, why was the genesis for writing a book? Or was there a story behind that? What lesson was learned or what influenced them to write the book? And getting down to those personal nuggets really made the show special. That was probably a big factor in the ones that I chose was to get to the impact of what that book was about and how they shared that story. And so I would say, as Bala mentioned, all the books were amazing. It was so hard making a decision. I'm glad we moved from 10 to 15. Otherwise, <laughs> we would have missed a lot more. So, but yeah, who, who do we have for the first book? What about you? So. Okay. Uh, I just, uh, on, on X, platform, Twitter shared uh, infographic of the 15 books. And we're just oh, going to try to go. out is official. Yeah. I see it. Look at this. We're, it is we're just going to go from top left to right and down. So and not in any corner, order of being better or worse. No, no, no. Thank you for mentioning that. It's not alphabetical. It's not numeric. It is. Not it's just uh, <laughs> the color palettes that that spoke to us. <laughs> uh, uh, so they're all number one and there's 15 of them. <laughs> The first one is Joe Hart and Michael Crom, who are the co-authors of Wall Street Journal, and I think this reached number three on Wall Street Journal best-selling book, Take Command, Find Your Inner Strength, Build Enduring Relationship, and Live the Life You Want. As some of you may know, Joe Hart is the CEO of Dale Carnegie. There's around 2,000 Dale Carnegie 
academies around the world where you're learning leadership business principles from Dale Carnegie, who wrote many best-selling books, but the, you know, how to win friends and influence, uh, how to win friends and influence colleagues, I believe. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if I got the title correctly, but Dale Carnegie's seminal, seminal book. Uh, in this book, Joe and Michael talk about taking command offers, uh, you know, a, a powerful tool uh, and time-tested methods to help you live an intentional life by transforming how you approach your thoughts, your endeavors, um, your, your uh, uh, emotions, uh, your relationships, and your future. So there are three pillars, your thoughts and emotions, your relationships, and your future. And they're incredible use cases. Uh, they're incredible coaching methods in, 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 in Joe and Michael's book. Um, uh, Ray and I have had the privilege of meeting Joe. He's not just a leadership uh, and speaking expert, but he's a business and technology trailblazer. And so, and he's just an amazing person. So I love his book. I love him and his thinking. And the whole Dale Carnegie group is, is an incredible institution. Ray, your thoughts? Yeah, what I really liked was his story about how he actually took a Dale Carnegie course and started in that world and got to figure out what was important. And, and as really a practicing like lawyer, he was a practicing attorney. <laughs> who, 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 who did a major pivot into Dale Carnegie. Yes. And I remember reading How to Win Friends and Influence People, people. in the 80s, I want to say, as a kid. I think my dad had that book on his uh, nightstand as, as, as I think it was a required reading material. And, and the book Take Command really takes that to the next level. It's really written for the next generation. And, and I think that was the inspiring piece to see that a lot of those lessons were passed on. So wonderful book and congratulations, Joe Hart. Congratulations, Joe and Michael. The next, next book, book Francis Fry and Ann Morris, they wrote the book called Move Fast and Fix Things, The Trusted Leader's Guide to Solving Hard Problems. And the reason this was important, you've probably seen their TED podcast, <coughs> Flexible, uh, but what was important about this was how to lead change. Like Silicon Valley is like, oh, let's just break everything. We'll figure it out. Uh, but they're like, there's a little bit more to this if you want to build and rebuild your company. And it was really about trying to figure out how to actually do it step by step. It was kind of, it was like probably the best model about how to build things in a in spite of all the chaos, here's a prescribed approach to actually solve these types of problems and really move fast and fix things instead of break things. And so I think that really helps, especially for the folks who've been overwhelmed by crazy Silicon Valley mantras. This was a lot more practical and a lot more pragmatic. What about you, Vala? What do you think about this book? First of all, Frances Fry is just awesome to listen to. Like, you know, she's been uh, a guest on Disrupt on two occasions, both like hitting it out of the park, the last time she was here with her co-author, Ann Morris, who's equally talented, amazing. You know, the book talks about identifying problems that are holding you back. It talks about building and rebuilding trust in your company. It talks about creating a culture where everyone can thrive and communicating powerfully as a leader. Uh, again, Francis is just a great storyteller. Um, and she has a way of, um, uh, you know, um, helping you connect with, with what can be complex thinking and thoughts in a very simple way. I always say smart people use simple language. I just can listen to Francis all day, all night. So, so she's, she's great. If, if you're ever looking to have somebody come keynote at your event, uh, not only you have a best-selling author, and I think it's still number one new release on Amazon as we speak, uh, it, it's just, she's just terrific. She's just terrific. So I highly oh, recommend and that podcast, Fixable, is definitely worth listening to as well if you haven't. Right, right. Absolutely. And if you're at Harvard taking your courses, there we go. You've got all the, all the, all the goodness. <laughs> all the goodness. Our next book is, um, my goodness, I mean, he is Captain America when he came on our show. Not only the fact that he's like 6'5 and jacked, uh, but, but Mike Hayes is an extraordinary person. Uh, his book, Never Enough, uh, is a Navy SEAL commander on living a life of excellence, agility, and meaning. That's what the book is about, and that's the title of the book. Uh, Mike was a former commander of Sa uh, SEAL Team 2, so he led 2,000 men and women in the SEALs. 
And he helps readers uh, apply high stakes lessons about excellence, about agility, about meaning across personal and professional lives. Mike is a guy who had to amputee a, a soldier's leg to save his life. Uh, he's, he's had to jump off a roof before uh, of a building that, that exploded in order to save his life. He's a two-time White House fellow. He's the chief operating officer at VMware. But, you know, so in his book, you can imagine, he recounts um, dramatic stories. It may be the only book of the 15 where the last few pages I was in tears. He shared a, a lovely story about his daughter in the last chapter of the book. And I found myself crying reading the book. And so it's not only dramatic stories, but it's of, of battle, of boardrooms. This is not just a soldier story. It's how to run a successful business. And it's tested advice that's uh, going to motivate a reader to do more. I mean, when you're around Mike, like you have to be a game because you're literally in front of a SEAL commander who started off not being able to do any pull-ups. And by the time he's leaving the SEALs, he could do 50 to 100 pull-ups. Ray, pull-ups. <laughs> For that reason alone, you should read the book. Ray, your thoughts on my case? <laughs> yeah, I like how the book is organized. It starts by talking about how you're set up to be successful and if, are you are you good enough? And then it starts by talking about, then it continues by talking about how flexible you are. How are you able to adapt to conditions and being agile enough? And then of course, I think, and if I remember, he talks about being uh, more purposeful or meaningful enough in the set class section, which is really about finding your meaning, finding your calling. And especially if you're going between jobs, if you're trying to improve yourself, this is definitely a book worth reading, uh, really to understand, you know, not the stories just in the battle on the field, but more importantly, what how can you can take that into the workplace environment, the boardroom, so that you can become a better leader and a better individual yourself? So wonderful book. And of course, you know, I know you've got to meet Mike uh, in person as well. Uh, it's definitely, definitely a, a great uh, opportunity if you ever get to see him speak. Captain America, for sure. Okay, Ray, <laughs> next book, please. And this could be Wonder Woman. We go from Captain America to Wonder Woman. <laughs> well, we are going to Wonder Woman. Tiffany Bova author of the experience mindset and that's really changing the way you're um you think about growth and if you know tiffany uh, we've known her she's been thinking about growth and sales and marketing and operations and suddenly now she's talking about all these experiences that really change from customer employee experiences that actually help you build. So if you don't have happy employees, how can you get them to actually build better products, serve your customers better? Uh, if you don't think about this in a holistic manner, bringing both of these areas together, you can actually figure out how to improve things. And this means lots of things. It's ROI, right? Getting better products out faster, uh, delivering things on time and meeting service level agreements, uh, reducing the amount of returns. Uh, all these things impact your bottom line. And it's really about thinking about where your staff plays a role and how you can help yourself create the accelerators for growth that we often miss when we just focus on experiences or like employee experiences on their own and customer experiences on their own. We can't think in those silos. And that's really what made this book very interesting, especially for people that are trying to take experience to the next level. Yeah, this is oh. a great follow-up. Uh, Tiffany, AKA Wonder Woman, her first book was Growth IQ, which was also a bestseller. Um, and she followed up Growth IQ with uh, recognizing that the biggest lever in growth company revenue is the employee experience. The better the employee experience, the better the customer experience, the better your retention and nutrition, and ultimately total lifetime value of your customer. Uh, she's a two-time Thinkers 50 uh, management expert, business expert. And you'll enjoy this very evidence-based, very uh, research-rich thesis that Tiffany introduces us in the experience mindset, changing the way you think about growth. So great book. Yep. And if Great. you want to capture, cap, catch it live and watch it again, it is episode 324. We'll also list all the episodes that our authors were on so you can watch it again. So. That's great. That's the, Thank you for doing that. And it, we might even create a list of all the authors because, again, 15 out of 70. I mean, this was this is the hardest. This is the hardest amount of thinking I've done this year about a particular topic because we had so many exceptional folks uh, on the show. The next book is, uh, we have three authors. Again, these are executive coaching experts. And one of the co-authors is the number one executive coach in the world. 
uh, and at Thinkers 50 Hall of Fame, we have Scott Osman, Jacqueline Lane, and Marshall Goldsmith, who are the authors of Becoming Coachable, Unleashing the Power of Executive Coaching to Transform Your Leadership and Life. Now, we've had the privilege of having all three on our show. We've had the privilege of meeting Scott and Jacqueline in person. Wonderful people. Wonderful. Amazing. So you have now the world's most influential leaders know that the secret to achieving effectiveness is becoming coachable. And so Scott, Jacqueline, and Marshall have a blueprint for executives and frankly, all ages, not just senior executives on how you can stay uh, coachable, you know, how to be ready to engage in the process of betterment, starting with investing in yourself in order to get the most back from your organization, team, and the world. So becoming coachable is a guide uh, with ins and outs of successful coaching experiences. The author, so again, two veteran coaching experts, and again, the number one world executive coach with Mr. Goldsmith, identify these key leadership archetypes and unpack the you know, the typical engagements and how you can do better. Ray, your thoughts on, as a CEO, your thoughts as becoming coachable, because, uh, becoming coachable, because I'm sure a role of a CEO is to always stay teachable. Well, I'm totally not coachable, and that's what makes <laughs> it <sense. laughs> That's why we couldn't get down to 10. I mean, that's I what makes it <laughs> No, I, 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 what I got out of the book and, and the conversations we had, and also in person, we had lunch with them as well with Rita McGrath uh, a few weeks back in New York, Terrific. is really the fact you have to be open to change. You have to be open to feedback. You have to be a bias, taking a bias for action and be open to that. And of course, the accountability. When you bring those four things together, that's what opens you up to be able to be coachable. And I think a lot of times we might do one of these or two of these, but not all four. And that's what makes the book exciting in terms of helping you understand what you need to do to help you take steps towards becoming a better leader, a collaborator, and human, as they say. So wonderful book. Excellent. Excellent. And that was on episode number 344. So pretty recent. And hope you get a chance to watch it again if you haven't. And Ray, where can people find the episodes? You can find the episodes on constellationr.com backslash disrupt TV. You can find it on YouTube on the disrupt TV channel. It's also an Apple podcast. And of course, if you search on Twitter, you'll easily find all the episodes as it's streamed live on Twitter as well as LinkedIn. Great. On Twitter and X, it's disrupt TV show, disrupt TV show. And we have over 10,000 followers on X uh, who tune in every week on, on the platform to watch the show. The next, um, a tremendous book is a book by Jeremy Utley and Perry Cabon. Jeremy and Perry wrote Idea Flow, the only business metric that matters. And Idea Flow is, uh, you know, essentially the number of ideas you and your team can generate uh, is a set amount in a, in a set amount of time. So how do you maximize that book? And Jeremy very well articulated this on our show talked about over, uh, overcoming dangers of thinking traps, uh, finding inspiration in unexpected places, uh, trick your own brain to be, to be more creative. We talked a lot about how we can actually teach creativity, design and deploy affordable uh, experiments, and constantly fill your innovation pipeline. You know, uh, you know, continue to cultivate a culture where it's a safe space for people to share ideas. And then lastly, unleashing your creative potential and more importantly, the creative potential in others. Idea Flow really talks about how you can mentor and coach others to be more creative. Ray, your, your, your thoughts on Idea Flow. By the way, Jeremy Outley, if you ever meet him in person, he's just cool. He's just a cool cat. He's positive. His resting face is a smile. He's articulate. He's handsome. He's, he looks like he could play foot. You know, he's an athlete. He's just a good guy. So he's got great vibes in addition to writing a good book. <laughs> well, we were fortunate to have him at Constellations Connected Enterprise right. on our day right. two keynote. And he was amazing. It was like taking a design school. And if you know, Stanford has the Hasso Platner Institute of Design, which is known as the D School. And that's where a lot of these ideas were proven in companies like Keller Williams or Microsoft or Michelin or Hyatt. And they've also been places where these ideas have a chance to kind of flow and they teach you how to actually do this. And reading the book is like putting yourself in the D school right away. So 
that was very, very fun. And, and really what it comes down to is how can you get people to start their creative juices and how can you get from concept to commercialization much more quickly without uh, any kind of constraints? And that's that's really how what it is. It's about flow. I mean, this year flow was a big topic. And I know you know a lot about flow, uh, Fabala, but the maximizing idea flow was very important here between Jeremy and Perry's book. So, which is amazing. And speaking about flow, um, we also really need to figure out how to bring people together. And so our next book was Sally Helgeson, author of Rising Together, uh, How We Can Bridge Divides and Create a More Inclusive Workplace. And this was on episode 314. And I think it was important because uh, Sally had written a book known as how, it was how Women Rise, and basically Huge it was book. About Huge what book. people yeah. did to become successful on their yeah. way up, and how women were able to get into leadership positions, build better relationships. And at every conference, the question to Sally was, well, hey, how do we actually build more diverse workforces? How do we actually get there? How do we bring allies together? How do these people come together? And so Rising Together was that story. And I think it was really important to see how it was done because it's not just about breaking the barriers in terms of women in the workplace, but it's also other barriers for underrepresented individuals. So what did you think, Vala? No, uh, first of all, it was an honor to have Sally on our show. She's a Thinkers 50 Hall of Fame inductee. So folks like Tom Peters and Sally, they are the they are titans of the industry. Uh, she's written the definitive book on how to embrace diversity and equality in business. Uh, in, on the show, Sally identified some common triggers. I think in the book, there's eight of them. And she spoke to some of the common triggers on our show, which undermine our ability to collaborate across divides. So she's active on social media. I see her active daily on X. And just a wonderful, uh, thoughtful, smart, caring individual. <coughs> and again, a legend. A legend. Uh, so it was an honor to have her, and it's wonderful to be able to have the opportunity to promote her work. Another legend who was on our show, who's a big uh, advocate of AI, who's teaching actually at Babson uh, College uh, about 15 minutes from where I'm calling in now, was Tom Davenport and Al Nitin Natal, who were the co-authors of, of, co of All In on AI, How Smart Companies Win Big, with artificial intelligence. Tom talked to us and gave us several examples on the show and mentioned several examples that are noted in the book of big bets, bold, audacious bets on companies that are really embracing AI as the electricity for the 21st century. Uh, though most organizations in his book are, are placing modest bets on AI, there is a world-class group of companies that are going all in on the technology and radically transforming their products, their processes, strategies, customer relationships, cultures. And in this book, you have concrete examples of these companies making big bets, which I don't think Tom considers a bet. I think he thinks companies who don't do this are not going to be able to survive in the future. So these organizations that are referenced in the book, although they're incredible brands doing incredible work, only represent less than less than 1% of large companies. Uh, yet they are uh, all are the highest performing in their industries. So less than 1% betting all on AI, and they happen to be the highest performing companies. So this is an important book. Ray and I felt as technologists and folks that represent companies that are all making big, big bets on AI, including my company. <laughs> this is a book you should absolutely read from 2023. Ray, your, your thoughts. Yeah, I think it was really important to talk about why AI was in place. Getting out of the hype of Gen AI, this was really talking about where AI played a role in terms of changing businesses, uh, why it was so important, but the, it's the industry use cases that they have, right? Whether it was Capital One or Walmart or Pfizer or AstraZeneca, you could see the, or Disney uh, or Airbus, you could see the cross industry push to really get to becoming an AI field company. And I thought that was very powerful away from the gen ai hype there was really a business model there was really a practical approach uh, and these were companies that were actually in the next phase of ai not just dipping their toes in the water so amazing book as to that technology so and that's episode 317 if you want to go back and take a look uh, tom davenport and nitin uh, mittel uh, from deloitte so the other piece that was really interesting for me was uh deliberate calm and that's our next author aaron de smet uh, 
Uh, he was in episode 312, and the book is Deliberate Calm, How to Learn and Lead in a Volatile World. And I think it was important because we're coming from all different places. It's a book about psychology. It's a book about neuroscience. It's a book about consciousness. And more importantly, it's about how it ties back to boardroom experiences. And if you didn't think that was even possible, that matrix and rotation actually happened as we're speaking. But I think there are a couple important nuggets Introverts are just as effective as extroverts, as he mentioned, and consciousness is really good with a well-defined job with grit and determination. But when that doesn't happen, that conscientiousness, you're going to actually have to have that deliberate calm to be able to handle what comes at you. And I think it was a great book for those leaders that are trying to take themselves to the next level and really deal with the massive change that continues to happen in our marketplace and in our world. What about you, Vala? You know, again, you had incredible um, McKinsey experts, veterans drawing from combination of psychology, neuroscience, consciousness practices, and 50 years of intentional boardroom experiences. So this was three big brains collaborating <laughs> and putting us all in a calm state <laughs> uh, because, uh, frankly, learning how to learn, unlearn, and relearn is not a, something that traditionally is calm. <laughs> but so it's, it's a skill you need to develop deliberately. Uh, and speaking of, you know, uh, science and, and being a practitioner, our next um, author is a practicing physician. She has served uh, 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 during uh, her writing of a book. She was a chief medical officer at Salesforce. Dr. Gita Nair, author of Dead Wrong, Diagnosing and Treating Healthcare's Misinformation Illness. So, you know, a team of health misinformation experts uh, deliver a firsthand account in, in, in Dead Wrong of the dangers posed by false narratives, uh, and, uh, and, and which could lead to, you know, a deadly crisis like what we experienced with the pandemic. So in the book, uh, Dr. Gita Nair helps us explore the challenges facing those who fight to restore truth in a place of primacy in the U.S. healthcare system. And uh, ultimately, I think when you read that wrong, you realize it's not just a healthcare book. Is anyone who's in the comms business, anyone who's trying is responsible for carrying the torch of communication for your team and your company. So. Ultimately, Dead Wrong may earn a place in the libraries of media professionals, um, community leaders, um, and, and anyone who has interest in keeping the American public health and business uh, vibrant um, and honest. So it was a very, um, very important book, uh, especially when you are folks like me working at a company where trust is your number one core value. So if you have trust as your number one core value, you have to deliberately fight against misinformation. And this book is a blueprint on how to do that, right? Yeah, I, I think if you get a chance to watch episode 340, Dr. G does a good job talking about uh, why this is important. As many of you know, I actually have a master's in public health uh, from Johns Hopkins, and it was interesting watching how information was communicated. And in the middle of the pandemic, we had never seen anything like this. Uh, there was misinformation on all sides. There was uh, control of information by the government we've never seen before. And restoring trust in the public health system is going to be very important, because if we have another pandemic, uh, one would argue that half the country will disagree with the other half very quickly and we'll be in a state of gridlock again. And I think it's important to know that a lot of this in terms of this misinformation that's out there, uh, we've got to work really hard trying to get back to fact-based, science-based approaches, uh, but we also can't be in the place of controlling and censoring information. And so I think this is a good book to understand how this actually uh, is an example of one type of crisis and how it was handled. And it's actually applicable to other types of crises that may evolve going forward in terms of how to work with information and misinformation. And that's going to be something we'll be talking a lot about in 2024, especially in an age of AI and in an age of trust, as Vala mentioned. So in talking about that, there's also opportunities as we go to our next book uh, from Rebecca Fannin, the author of Silicon Heartland, Transforming the Midwest from Rust Belt to Tech Belt. 
And of course, that was on episode, oh my God, 308. Wow, that, that was a while ago. So at the beginning of the year, and this is a wonderful book. Rebecca was, as everyone knows, a CNBC contributor. She's been reporting about what's been going on around the country uh, in the US and really talking about, is there a comeback? Is manufacturing back? Uh, is tech coming? And it's really talking about that transformation from Rust Belt to Tech Belt. And there are cities, uh, my brother's old classmate and roommate, Doug Song at Duo, right? Transforming Detroit into a tech hub. And you can see that happen in different places. A a lot of tier two, tier three cities in the U.S. really becoming areas where tech jobs are going. Uh, in the middle of the pandemic, people were moving to other tech hubs around the country, uh, not just in the U.S., but you could see that in other countries where tier one cities, where people were fleeing tier one cities to go to tier two cities to be with their families or to build on opportunities in remote work. And this is really where Silicon Heartland was an opportunity to talk about how new tech ecosystems are bringing the talent, the money, the accelerators, the advice, the universities and R&D were transforming cities um, across uh, the US, especially in heartland cities and Appalachian towns. So definitely a book about hope, about what was transforming inside America. And of course, hopefully in other countries, the same kind of patterns occurring where the density of innovation isn't concentrated in one or two cities. That density hopefully can be spread out to other areas, improving economic growth and development. So our next uh, author, Ray, he's scary smart. I don't, is there an economist is there anyone that knows more about money and the history of money uh, and micro macroeconomic conditions? Other than that guy economy? that doesn't exist, Satoshi, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, other than Satoshi, it's Paul Sheard. <laughs> That's right. It's Satoshi and Paul Sheard. He's the author of The Power of Money, How Governments and Banks Create Money and Help Us Prosper. Again, every time Paul is on the show, and especially with his book, uh, you know, uh, he empowers listeners and readers to become better informed about economic citizens by providing context of some of the biggest questions surrounding money. So when Paul was on the show, he would ask questions from the book, which he answers, um, how does money come into existence? How is the process of money printing governed? particularly if too much of it causes inflation. Uh, what is the quantitative easing and how does it work? Uh, so the power of money with, with very complex questions answered in a simple way provides a real comprehensive uh, foundation of knowledge that I benefited from and I hopefully our, our viewers to help you feel better informed. Every time I listen to Paul, I feel like I'm more informed and more confident um, in terms of understanding what's happening in our world of economy and, and financial affairs. And when I listen to policy debates, you know, I feel a little bit more informed uh, by reading uh, Paul's book and having him on the show. I know you're a big fan of Paul. So uh, your thoughts on Paul? You know, I was fortunate to be able to write an endorsement of the book. I got a chance to read it early. Paul's been a fixture of the World Economic Forum for years when he was the vice chair for S&P. And what he was able to do is talk about how this value exchange is in place and what the government's role is in terms of facilitating that or driving or reducing the friction that exists in terms of value exchange and really where capital flows are moving. And so whether you're a human, you know, individual at a bank, right, or central bank or corporate or a government official, he breaks it down to really help you figure out how's money created? How do you enable this you know, movement around the world? How do you measure it? How do you reward value exchange? Uh, and, and that's really what this book is about. And, and what I love about this is, you know, if you don't understand the concept of money, well, he basically breaks it down and helps you understand why it's an instrument, a tool, sometimes a weapon, uh, and, and how countries like the US use it, uh, especially in terms of reserve currency. So amazing book, and especially you wanna geek out on money, uh, and you're not Satoshi, Paul's the man to talk to. <laughs> but hey, another individual that was quite amazing and extraordinary uh, author that came to our show was uh, Yuri Levine, author of Fall in Love with the Problem, Not the Solution. And he kindly reminded us on episode 323 that, you know, unicorns, companies that hit more than a billion are rare. Now, here's the thing. 
you rebuilt two of these. And I know. Crazy. Crazy. Two time Eureka CEO telling us, you know, how to actually build this. And, you know, he built Waze, which everyone uses and Google now does. That's on your Google mapping. Right. Um, and he also, you know, you talked about, you know, the second unicorn move it really talking about how he did this. And, and he breaks it down. If you're a startup founder, you haven't read this book, you're missing out. And if you're starting a new division or going innovation, um, you need to really think about it. So, the, the one thing I left with the show was his quote to us, make sure the problem's big enough and will the world become a better place? And then who has this problem that needs to solve it, right? Those are the basic three questions a startup should be asking. And he did a wonderful job of succinctly telling us in 17 minutes of, I'd say, very animated and very exciting conversation. Yeah, I, I, I remember his black shirt with white lettering, fall, fall in love with the solution, not the problem. Not the problem. Uh, <laughs> and I thought, I'm still waiting, Yuri, for my shirts to, to come. We yeah, normally... we need a shirt. <laughs> Yuri, you need to send us a shirt if you're listening. Yeah, I, I hope he's listening. And if anyone listening that knows him, say, hey, there's two, two podcasters that really love this shirt. Because it, profound sage advice, page after page, really, uh, look, two-time exit unicorn entrepreneur, Yuri is brilliant. Brilliant. So definitely read the book. Definitely. If he, you know, if he had a top 10 instead of the 15, his would be there. <laughs> next, next book is uh, Lisa Sun, author of Gravitas. Maybe the best looking cover, you know, of the 15. When you hold Gravitas, I mean, it pops, you know, like golden lettering on a solid black uh, the eight strengths uh, that redefine confidence. Uh, so, you know, someone, again, with McKinsey background, uh, so consulting background, practitioner uh, background, Lisa expanded the definition of gravitas, which I think Ray and I have some. <laughs> with, with, uh, with, <laughs> she, she didn't confirm that on the show, I don't think. No, she totally did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just to kind of. You guys, like, you have a long way to go to get Gravitas. But Gravitas, she defined with an inclusive and uplifting vocabulary for confidence um, on the show and in her book. And she is chapter by chapter. Lisa identified eight superpowers leading, performing, achieving, giving, knowing, creating, believing, and lastly, self sustaining. So the book goes in depth is if you on these eight dimensions, you can achieve learning and growth, you will in time have gravitas. <laughs> so uh, a great, great book design, great, great um, anecdotes and really tangible advice that you can put into play right away. Ray, your thoughts on the eight superpowers, which you and I combined may have all eight. Yeah, we actually have to do a combo of two out of three. <laughs> yeah. We'll bring Ellen for superpowers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. She's definitely so. good at you. No, our producer has definitely has gravitas. She's the one that engages with all these incredible people to come on our show. So all the heavy lifting of invitations, logistical preparation, just overall preparation. Or just the plan. We have, We're slotted out to March 2024. Unbelievable. Right L has gravitas. L is and gravitas. If, and if L writes a book, it would surely make our list. Go ahead, Ray. Maybe we might not want to be in it. <laughs> I'll write the forward. I'll tomorrow write the forward. Yeah. It's really like, why are we writing about you? No, but but I think what's important here with this book is really um, having the self confidence. A lot of people are grow up in environments where they don't have that self confidence, uh, and that that is important. That's that's really the piece that allows you to tap into your inner strength. And most people don't speak in the language of confidence; they speak in the language of apologetics, uh, apologies, and that's hard, right? So it's not fake it till you make it. It's find your self confidence and work from yeah. there. And I think that's an important journey for folks. So, but related to that, um, you know, speaking about confidence and speaking about, you know, things that we should be worried about, uh, Bill Holstein and Michael McLaughlin actually wrote a book on battlefield cyber, how China and Russia are undermining our democracy and national security. And just when you thought Disrupt TV couldn't stretch its limits of conversation, we got into geopolitics and cybersecurity. And that and was, it was a scary show, Ray. 
<laughs> After the 20 minutes, I'm like, okay, we oh, need to as a Is that really you, Vala? Is that really your yeah, image? Yeah, right, right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. It, you're, you're right. Is that really your image? Is that, are we being hacked? Like, what's going on? And the stuff they knew that we talked about that we couldn't talk about on the show live was just scary. And, and you can catch all the week, you can catch the episode in 341. Uh, but I think it's important to understand how cyber uh, is being used, right? The battle is not a kinetic battle anymore. We're not, I mean, there's kinetic battles, but then there's the cyber battle. And then there's, of course, the war for public opinion that's going on. And all these elements are being used by adversaries in every country to very too much command how they influence people uh, and, of course, how they actually confuse people and create chaos uh, should there be any kind of conflict. Uh, but we've seen that, right? We've seen an erosion of confidence in our institutions. We've seen the societal rifts. We've seen like the rise of different ways to actually create victims and identity that actually are being used to be pitted against each of ourselves. And part of it is we're having our tech giants actually come. We're actually letting the tech giants that we've built uh, become tools uh, that actually um, create the weapons against us, which is really scary. So I think that was important. So uh, yeah, definitely, definitely one way to kind of end in terms of thinking about where the world is headed, especially into an election year. Uh, but Bala, I would say, you know, I walked away scared. Uh, I don't know about you, but I walked away no, I mean, scared. I mean, I mean, Bill and Michael, for 20 minutes, repeatedly reminded us that the U.S. is getting bombarded by cyber attacks, and you know the the book speaks to multidimensional approach to towards. By the way, cybersecurity is number one priority for CIOs that I speak to, and the threat vectors are getting more intelligent and more. So the the advanced use of artificial intelligence means actually the red teams are finding issues. The blue teams are not sure which issues to resolve in what order. So now you have purple teams that actually help prioritize the vulnerabilities that the red teams find because there's so many of them. And so halting this digital aggression will require the U.S. and Americans to undertake sweeping changes in how we educate ourselves, how we organize and protect ourselves, how we ask difficult questions, and uh, you know how vulnerabilities in our largest technology companies ultimately can have uh, deep societal impact, uh, impact to you and I. Anyway, you know, all the books uh, of the 15 are very optimistic, very uh, uplifting, very, but we thought when we were putting this list together that we needed to have a, one book that was the strongest dose of reality book uh, amongst all the other books. So there was a diversity in terms of how we went to identify. Um, and if you look at categories that we looked at of the books, we had lots of leadership and business. We had technology in certain industries. Then there was particular books that spoke to geopolitical, speak to macro uh, conditions that will influence every company in every sector and every geography. So we tried to have a robust comp compilation of books. Hopefully, uh, and not hopefully, you're going to find these 15 books amazing. And there's another 50 or so that you can reference that if you come to our Disrupt uh, TV uh, uh, website. Uh, Ray, your closing comments, and sorry if I, you know, had too many spirited debates as we went through this exercise. <laughs> Never be sorry for a good yeah. argument. Yeah. <laughs> we had so many good people to choose from. I think, you know, I think we should talk about what we, what we see in 2024. And, and I think, uh, I think we're going to see a lot more conversations, right? In, a, in, in the AI age that we're in, it's going to change the way we view things. And, and trust is going to probably be a big issue in 2024. Um, we may see one of the first AI cyber attacks, and going back to the last book that's there. Uh, but we're also going to see a need for a lot of hope and a lot of optimism as we walk into an election year. As you know, we never talk politics, religion, and maybe sports sometimes as we talk about things here. <laughs> the um, most dangerous of those three sports so yeah the most dangerous of those three sports uh but but we will we we have our we have the we have everything booked up until march 22nd just to give you an idea and it's we've got leaders that are ceos from tech companies we've got startup founders we've got influencers and other analysts that are on here as well uh we're gonna have 
Thinkers 50 guests of you know leadership fame. Um, but if you think of a category that we're missing, please let us know. I mean, we're definitely open to uh, expanding kind of our reach and our conversations. Okay. It's really about starting conversations. Uh, we even also ideas, even ideas about the format of the show. You know, yeah. just what, what's working, what's not. If you can yeah. think of stop, start, continue, what would you like for us to stop? What would you like for us to start? And what should we continue doing? And just to give you a sense of the quality of guests, January 5th, our first guest, we're launching 2024 with Amy Edmondson, the number one Thinkers 50 business management expert in the world. That's our first guest. Yeah. But Ray and I view our guests as like open source. You decide who comes on the show. So right now it's only April and beyond. The first 90 days are booked. So please actively recommend authors, venture capitalists, business leaders. Uh, you know, uh, we've had uh, cartoonists, we've had prime ministers, we've had Nobel Prize nominees. There's a variety of folks that have been on our show. So don't limit yourself. And it may be a, a stretch goal for us. So, you know, if you want Dalai Lama, Ray and I will have to work really hard. But, okay. but let us know. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's part of the fun. And also, um, I'll be at Davos again this year. And, uh, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll do interviews live from Davos. And uh, for folks that are pulling on the street, when we do man on the street interviews, person on the street interviews, and of course, um, thought leaders on the street, I think we'll see. So wide range. Um, but yeah, important. Remember, this show is about you. And uh, and that's probably the most important thing. It's about sharing that knowledge of, of the individuals we are and in the networks. And of course, if we're in a city near you, uh, let us know, especially at an event. Flag us down. I, this has happened in a few airports. Uh, it's kind of fun. <laughs> so come by, grab a drink, connect, uh, and, and have a conversation. So, yeah, when's our next show? We kick off when? Is it the... January, January 5th. So we have tomorrow and next for Christmas and, and New Year's. We're off. Um, Ray and I would have showed up, but our guests have families and friends and they want to, <laughs> we don't, we don't, so. you know, that eggnog, uh, tradition. Uh, so our next show is Friday, January 5th. Again, we lead with Amy Edmondson. We have actually a number of authors on our, on our first show. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. on all the 70 authors and, uh, that, that, that graced us with your presence in 2023. Super congratulations to the 15 top books of 2023 and you'll see that shared across multiple channels and we appreciate you thank you for expanding our minds if it's friday it's disrupt tv unless it's a special ep episode today <laughs> but we'll see you every friday at 2 p.m eastern 11 pacific thank you everyone happy holidays and happy new year take care everyone bye-bye